Welcome to the Next Level Woman podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lisa Hart, the results manifestation coach for women. I am on a mission to help them just like you to break through your limiting beliefs, your old programming and paradigms to truly manifest a life that you want, not what everyone else in your world and in society tells you that you should have, but what you want. You are in for such a treat because what we're going to be doing in this show is to help you unlock the secrets to manifest in that life. Where those secrets exist, they exist in your mind. And our goal through these episodes is to really help you unlock the secrets to take your life to the next level to manifest a life that you love. So whether you want more money, more freedom, to have more impact, better relationships, you want better health, happiness, whatever your goal is, we are here to support you in achieving it. Tune in to this podcast every single week like it's your job, because I promise you, it's going to create massive change in your life. So let's do this. Hey, welcome back to Next Level Woman. I'm your host, Dr. Lisa Hart, and I have a real treat for you today. We're going to be talking to my friend, Jane Geary. And I'm so excited to be here, Lisa. (laughs) Yes, I'm excited for you to be here too. Now, let people get to know you a little bit. So I'm just going to read this and then the rest of it, we'll just talk. Jane works with clients so that they serve more people make more money, who doesn't want that, and realize their biggest dreams through their impact and influence, all while having fun. With over 20 years of sales production, sales training, and sales team management experience, Jane is an award-winning salesperson known for breaking revenue records and providing leadership and training to individuals and sales teams so they do the same. Prior to striking out on her own, she quickly worked her way up the ranks to brand and area sales manager with two different billion-dollar companies and was recruited to open the South Florida area for one of Inc. 500's fastest-growing companies. Her dynamic and comprehensive sales background in sales conversations, copywriting, workshops, and selling through speaking presentations bring exceptional knowledge and expertise to clients who desire a collaborative partner in creating higher conversions and building better buyer relationships throughout the entire sales process. Wow. Now, uh, (laughs) whoa, yes, yes. And um, yes. And since we are small business owners, for the most part, entrepreneurs, how, yeah, help us. Sales is. uh, (laughs) Help us be one Yeah. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that, that whole thing is is really just all it means is I, I help people really master the one-on-one sales conversation so they can positively impact somebody else's life, which is really to me what selling is. I, I've always said, I think selling, selling is really a noble profession because it is truly an opportunity to change somebody's life for the better. So that's all it is. And then when you put some selling strategies in behind it, then you can get up every day as a business owner instead of going, 
what am I going to do today? What's going to happen? You go, this is what I'm going to do today. This is my plan. These are the people that are waiting for me to help them and support them and serve them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So important. Well, tell us your story. How did you come to do this? Yeah. So, um, well, I, I, I started selling shoes in the mall when I was 17 because my dad, who I'm fortunate he's still around, he is my biggest sales mentor. And so he owned a company while I was, he was, uh, didn't own a company for a while when I was in grade school and kind of junior high. And then he, he bought a company and, but his job was a salesperson. So even though he was a business owner, he, he loved the sales conversation and the sales process and really what he saw that sales could do for people. And I remember we ate dinner every night together as a family. And I remember him just coming home from work, almost always in a good mood. And I thought that was really interesting because at this point I'm in high school and I'm starting to hear from my friends and, you know, my mom was in a bad mood. My dad was in a bad mood. These people were coming home from work in a bad mood. And my dad always came home from work whistling or smiling or just in a great mood. And so one day I said, dad, what's your deal? You know, why are you so happy coming over from work? Cause I just hear these rumors that people are kind of cranky. And he said, Oh, I, I, I love my, I love my job. And I said, okay, but why? And he said, well, I really get to help people get into something that I very much believe in that I believe that they need. It has a positive impact on their life. I have unlimited income potential. So the more people I help, the more, the more money I make <clears throat> and you know, what, what wouldn't be to love about something like that? You're helping people, you're making money, you kind of steer your own ship, determine your own destiny and, and you have fun because he's a, you know, he's a, he's a fun, funny guy. So to me, I thought, well, that sounds like the best job in the world. You go out, you help people, you, you make as much money as you want. You have fun doing it. You improve people's lives by nature of the work that you do. Sign me up for that. So I started selling shoes in the mall when I was 17, which was so fun because I was, it was um, hourly plus commission, whatever the, you know, minimum wage plus commission. That's what I'm trying to say. And so I was making three times as much money as all of my other friends who were doing whatever they were doing in, in a non-sales job. And I thought, this is great. This is exactly what my dad said. I'm selling shoes. Most of my earnings actually went back into the store, but I was selling shoes. I was helping people. They were leaving happy. And I had a different income outlook than my friends did. So it just kind of went from there. And, and from there, then I worked in a couple of different billion dollar companies and then in 2003, I got into mortgages. And that was because, here we go again, I had capped out in corporate as far as income potential. And so I called my dad and I said, I'm just, I'm, I'm having these feelings. And the big feeling is I just feel like no matter what I do or what I bring to the table or how much I work, I'm just capped out on my income. And he said, well, the only way to stop that is you've got to go out on 100% commission or become a business owner. So I went out on 100% commission at the time in mortgages and I did that for about a decade. But of course, we had this little thing in 2007, eight called the, you know, anybody else go through that? So yes. the market crashed and I loved being a mortgage broker. I truly did. But it was never something that I thought, I think I'll do this until I retire. So when the market crashed, I actually stepped back and thought I can ride this out if this is really what I want to do. And I'm that passionate about it. Or I can figure out what is going to be my next chapter. And so that's what I did. And with my background of sales training and sales production, I got into working with business owners because they have to master a sales conversation. And here's what I learned. People don't become a business owner because they want to be a full-time salesperson. They so true. A owner because they want to do the thing that they want to do. And um, 
that is the last part of my story. So when I went into owning my own business, I thought I've got all this social proof. I was known as a rainmaker in corporate. I've got the pedigree. I've got the experience. I've got the knowledge. Of course, I can go be a business owner because the number one thing in business is making sure that you're generating revenue. And that's what I've been doing my entire life. So I didn't, I thought it would be hard work, but I didn't think it was going to be hard. And it, I failed miserably. It was, it was terrible. And then I started to get really, really stressed out because I thought, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. I'm unable to have sales conversations. I'm tripping over my tongue. I'm very, very nervous, which was never me. And I just couldn't figure out what the problem was. But what I realized is that when you're selling somebody else's services and you're under their umbrella and their brand, it is so much less personal than when you are your, you are the product. And it felt really weird and really uncomfortable. So I actually became my first client. And I thought, if I were to hire me as a sales trainer, what would I do? And I thought, well, I put myself through this series of steps and kind of this curriculum, if you will. And so I was my first client and that's when everything started to turn around and I was able to tat to detach from I am the thing, you know, and realize that that the services that I deliver, yes, it is me, but it's the same, it's the same thing. There's value there, there's expertise, there's wisdom, just like when I was selling in different industries, that I could do that for myself. So my mission now today is, and this is what I'm very passionate about, is really ensuring that any business owner who wants to stay a business owner can afford to do so. And the only way you can afford to do that is if your company is generating revenue, which is really just a fancy way of saying you're out there selling and money is coming in. Yeah. And that is such a huge hurdle I hear from so many people. Absolutely. It's huge. Well, you know, I get it because when, when I started my company, I thought this is going to be a blast. I want to do sales training. I want to sit down as a consultant and help people look at soup to nuts, kind of their selling strategy bring it on. You know, <laughs> then I realized, oh, I actually have to go get the clients, which means I have to have sales conversations. And it was, it was really weird because I think intellectually, I kind of knew that was going to happen. But when I got into it and, and I became emotionally involved in it, it, it was a thing. I thought I didn't, I know I had went into business to be a full-time salesperson, but I didn't necessarily sign up to be a full-time salesperson. At what point do I actually get to deliver? At what point do I actually get to serve with the work that I do, not just go get business and have enrollment conversations? So I thought, here's what I actually thought. With everything I had going for me, all the proof in the background and you know all the, all the fancy schmancy shenanigans behind me that said, yes, you should be able to do this. I thought if it was that much of, of a struggle for me, I can't imagine the frustration and the fear and the discouragement that somebody who wanted to go into business to be a great coach or to sell cookies or to fix computers or whatever the work that they are called to do is, I thought they have got to be having a meltdown because I had one and, and I knew and I had the experience. So mm -hmm. I really did see that or that my eyes were open and I thought that's just not okay. You know, these people have great services. They have great goods or products. They deserve to have a fighting chance to have a business that truly is helping other people and affording them a nice, life, a nice lifestyle. And what about getting leads? Is that part of sales or do you see that as something before it gets to what your expertise is? Yeah, it's, so the sales and marketing conversation is always an, it's always an interesting thing. Marketing supports sales and sales should support marketing. Marketing actually 
makes people aware of the problem and then sales provides the solution to the problem. So certainly within the work that I do and that I have done, prospecting and getting leads, absolutely that is a piece of it. And you always want to make sure that you've got a solid strategy for marketing attached in there. Otherwise it's, it's, it's like, you know, peanut butter and jelly. You can have a peanut butter sandwich, you can have a jelly sandwich, but really you want the whole thing. That's so true. Yeah. <laughs> you get the result that you're looking for. And so you figured this out for yourself. Yeah. Okay. And then who do you like to help? Do you, um, sounds like you have a, a heart for the small business owner and coaches, for instance. And I'll tell you, a lot of coaches don't realize that they're actually a small business owner, but mm -hmm. they have to realize it pretty quickly or they won't be in business unless it's just a hobby. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So I love working with small to medium sized businesses. I love training teams. Sales teams are really fun. So uh, a lot of times my clients will have a sales team and they don't really have the time or the interest in training them in, in depth and kind of over managing them, you know, really working with them and, and continued mentoring. So those are some of my clients, but yeah, it's my ideal client is a business owner who, who has a passion for the business that they do and who also is ready and willing to embrace the sales process and the sales conversation because they know it's a fundamental part of the business. So if they have the passion to do that and they just want to have more in-depth conversations that actually provide the opportunity for somebody to change their life, then that's kind of a, it's a loose, it's a broad, it's a little bit broad, but it's a, a broad definition of who I like to work with. Got it. Got it. How long does it usually take for someone to turn their business around? And do you work with people who are just starting out or people who've started, tried it on their own and realize they really need help with the sales? Yeah, most of my clients are people who have been, they have a business and they're generally making maybe 40, 50,000. That seems to kind of be the income threshold. And the reason they're not making any more than that is really just because they're, they're, it's a couple of things. Number one, they're selling strategies are either non-existent or they're weak. And then number two, their ability to have a one-on-one -on -one enrollment conversation just leaves, it, it, it just could improve. It could be better. And by what I mean, improve or be better is the conversations tend to be from my ideal clients. They tend to be a little long, you know, so they're, they're spending an hour, an hour and a half on the phone with somebody. And believe you me, I can spend four days on the phone with somebody. I love people and I love their stories and I love hear what's going on and I'm running a business. So what I tend to find with my clients is their conversations are, they're just too lengthy without that person becoming a paying client at the end of it or they are still kind of tripping over their tongue a little bit. They're not sure what they should say. My clients or the conversations just don't really get deep enough. And when you're talking about investing from, if you're the client, when you're talking about investing in something that will fundamentally change your life, you need to have a pretty deep conversation about it. It's not just kind of a shallow bouncing, bouncing along the surface. So uh, shortening up the length of their calls really getting more people to say, yes, you're obviously the person that I need to work with. What's the next step? How do I sign up? And then making sure that my clients, making sure that they're actually getting paid what they know would be fair compensation. So a lot of people tend to just crash their prices because they think, well, people are saying no, because it's too expensive. And that's, that's not actually true. So I want to make sure that they 
maximize their time that they're spending with their prospective clients, that they're not just having conversations that are inspiring people, but they're actually having conversations with people go, you know what, I've had enough of doing this. I want a different result. So therefore let's work together <clears throat> and then making sure that they're getting paid as they should get paid. Got it. And when you say 40 to 50, is that what you said? 40 to 50? Is that a month or annual? Just to be yeah, clear. Yeah, no, they're usually, my clients are usually making around 40 to 50 annually. They have a process and system in place to some extent, but it's usually pretty adequate for where they are in their business. And they're just having trouble kind of breaking up over that 50,000 annual revenue model. This is in the coaching industry. When I'm working with companies, that's a whole different. Oh, of course, yes. Data. But an individual coach or consultant who's running a business they're really having a hard time breaking up over about $50,000. And it's mostly because the quality of their sales conversation and or their sales strategy, again, just not, not completely there. So we're, let's take the sales conversation. When you have 10 conversations every week, as an example, and two of those people enroll, that's a different, that's a different income than if you have 10 conversations every week and eight of those people enroll. So I'm all about helping people understand you don't have to have more appointments and you don't have to go crazy and, you know, triple the number of your leads or anything like that. Most of the time, if you just master the one-on-one -on -one conversation, you will have the same amount of calls, which means you're not increasing your work volume. You're just now increasing your results because you're increasing the number of people who enroll with you. Wow. Have you figured out how to make this accessible to the person who's generating 40 to 50,000 a year because yeah, <laughs> that doesn't leave much room for a really powerful program. Do you work with people in a group or how do you do that? Yeah. So what I, what I did this year, actually, I'm, and I'm rolling it out next week. Yes. Next week, November 30th, I'm having a workshop with, and the, the, I know there will be people that'll want to continue so they could go into then a small group program. And what I really wanted to focus on was something that would give people results as quickly as possible. So they need a framework. They need to also reframe in their mind what selling is. So most of them still kind of have some sales baggage or a sales story, or as I like to say, I'm going to have to become one of those salespeople. No, you don't. You need to be you. That's fine. That's actually your superpower. So I wanted to make sure that people had adequate time with adequate material and support and mentoring to get a framework in place, to get some fundamentals down and to really shift their mindset. And so, and, and I did, I wanted to make it, I wanted to make it affordable for people who were in that income range with the understanding. And I have these conversations all the time too, no matter where you are in the scope of your business. So the people that are making millions of dollars in their business, they're not enrolling in a 10,000, $5,000 program. You know, they're enrolling in a quarter of a million and half a million, that type of thing. So that's one of the mindset shifts that we we actually talk about, but yes, I did want to make it user-friendly. I wanted to make it that was in the, in the realm of affordability. And, and then I wanted to make sure that at the end of three months, which is what the length of this small group experience mm -hmm. is, they had a framework, they had fundamentals so that they were able to get out immediately and start having different sales conversations, which will give them different results. Oh, that is so needed. So needed. I don't know yeah. that anyone else is offering that. That's great. That is so great. And thank you for doing that. <laughs> yeah, really. It's, it's so it's so fun. I love that small group dynamic. We we just have a lot of fun. We do a lot of role plays, which 
uh, you know, I'm always surprised. I guess that's a story I still tell myself sometimes. They're not going to like these role plays, but they love it. They absolutely do love doing all these real role plays. And I always make everything really fun. So we just have a blast in there. And it's, you know, it's really it's really powerful. In fact, the feedback that I usually get is I went into this because I knew that in, that I needed sales training, but this is so much more. It's kind of like a whole different way of being and, and you've helped me uncover kind of patterns that have been keeping me stuck. And I'm just really starting to see everything differently. And here's the thing, Lisa, and I talk about this all the time is sales is first and foremost, an inside job. So you, me, everybody, we show up to a sales conversation already with some preconceived ideas, some are conscious, some are unconscious. You're bringing in your mood of the day. You're bringing in your stories. You're bringing in your beliefs. You're bringing in your, whatever it is, you're going to show up fully in that sales conversation. And in that moment, there you go. You kind of set the energy clock going, you know, they're going to, they're going to vibe off of that energy. And so that's why I'm so passionate about making sure that sales isn't something you do. It isn't some persona you become. It isn't this put on this hat and all of a sudden you're an actor or an actress. You got to go have this conversation. Hi, I'm so glad to talk to you. you know, it's just none of that. And we have been, the biggest sales job is that we've been sold that sales is this kind of pushy, awful, coffee is for closers mentality. And it's just so far from anything like that. That's great. That's great. That rings true for me. So I know I didn't warn you, I was going to ask you about this, but I know you love to travel. I do. And, and I I think that you're working travel into one or more of your projects. Is that is that true? Am I correct? Yes. So yeah. So let's let's talk about kind of the state of the world right now a little bit. This this year, 2020, my business blew through the roof because that's when we went into lockdown and everybody was realizing they had to do something else. So they were starting to, to get online. And so that was 2020. Now, 2021, this year, people are starting to settle back in. They're starting to realize, I, I don't enjoy working from home. I need to go back to work or, or whatever. So my business this year looked very different than it did last year for a variety of external reasons. And internally, I think I just got to this place where I've been doing this for 11 years as my own company. And I started to look at what what really matters? Like who, what is the human experience? What, and that is part of the sales conversation. But one of the things that I was really starting to look at is why does this matter? I mean, I know that it matters intellectually, but in the context of what we're all living through and just this different world, and we're trying to all figure out how to navigate it and, 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 right. And I just thought, I want to make sure that there's an opportunity for people to really experience life, not here's your business, here's your life, here's what I have to think about when I'm in my business person persona, but here's what my heart's really crying out for when I'm when I'm the person. And I just took a look at everything that I was really passionate about and that I was really interested in. And then I thought, what do people want and need? And um, the new buzzword is kind of like freedom is the new, freedom is the new little black dress. Freedom is the new sexy. Freedom is the new exotic car and giant house, right? And I think all of us really realized this. And I learned this lesson back in 2007 and eight that I thought I was going to sneeze there for a second. I mean, I lost everything, lost absolutely everything in that crash. And so I had several defining moments during that time period. And the biggest one was 
who am I if all I have is are, are the clothes that I'm standing up in? What what's going on here? So that was something that I learned back then that has never ever left me. Mm-hmm. So when we went through this last iteration of because we're always going through some iteration of something that's that's not super cool, not not fun to go through, right? I thought, well, I'm not going to panic because I have released this performance driven realization, you know, like I'm only as lovable as what I can do kind of thing. I've released that. I've released that if I don't have all my stuff, it's going to be bad. If I, if I don't have these things, if I don't work towards achieving and buying and securing that just kind of went away in 2007 and eight, because I never, ever, ever wanted to go through anything like that again. And I realized the only way to never go through anything like that again is to not have this attachment to, I get up and I make money so that I can buy stuff so that I can have this lifestyle that makes me feel good. and makes other people think, wow, she must be really successful. Look at all the stuff that she has. So the travel piece for me, because I've always been a very passionate traveler, travel sets me free in a way really nothing else does. And I want everybody to feel and experience that sense of freedom. It doesn't have to be travel. For some people, it's not. And then the other thing that I talk about when it comes to travel is travel really is just a state of mind. You go into a state of discovery. You know this. You're a big traveler. Absolutely. Three. Yeah. (laughs) Go into a state of discovery. You go into a state of exploration. You free your mind up from the constraints and from the change you might have when you're sitting in your home. And you really just start to see the world differently. And as a result, you see yourself differently. And I think that's when most, when, when any human is truly aligned with who they are on the inside, you just start having this radiance and glow because that in and of itself puts you into your purpose. So a lot of times it's like, what am I doing? What is my purpose? Well, what you're doing, what your purpose is to really be who you are and bring that out into the world. So for me, that is travel. So I am very fortunate that I spend a great deal of time out of my home. My goal is usually a minimum, not here somewhere else. And if other people want to experience that, then I really want to help them build a business that gives them that location independence. And then you can go do whatever it is that you're doing at the cafe in Italy, at the, at the, at the resort, at the Great Barrier Reef of Australia. I've done both of those. You know, wherever you want to be in the world, you can do that. Right. And the internet was lagging a little bit when you said for a minimum of, so you have to fill in that blank for us or we're yeah. going to be wondering. Mm-hmm. So I like to, my goal is always to be a minimum of six months somewhere, somewhere else. Awesome. Awesome. No, I agree with you. I feel so alive when I'm traveling and it's really, you put words to how I feel uh, and why that is. It's, it's nice. And then it's always good to come home and, you know, and then recharge and then go out again. But that's, yeah, that's great. It, yeah. And that's really what, that's what I want to help people achieve and accomplish is it's life by design. That's what I call it. Life by design, because I love spontaneity. Absolutely love it. It's, it's, I always say I'm the best version of myself when I travel because I'm so less controlled and I'm so more open to, Hey, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And I just don't get worried about stuff the way that I do because you can't control weather and you can't control airplanes and you can't control long lines and you can't control the, the, the restaurant being out of lasagna, you know, like they're just all these things that you can't <laughs> control and there's a freedom, there's a freedom in that. Mm-hmm. So that's this whole concept of life by design. Do you want to, what do you want to do? What, how do you want to live? So I was saying, who, who do you want to be and how do you want to live? And if you can get some clarity around that and define that, then 
you've got a really good chance of living a life by design. And living a life by design, to me, that is that is freedom. Oh, that is powerful. Absolutely. Instead of just letting it happen accidentally, just to be right. consciously choosing. That's great. I love that. Okay. So one thing I like to ask everyone I interview is, do you have a morning routine that you can share with us? Yeah. My morning routine is actually making it out of bed. I am not a morning person. I keep trying to be a morning person, but I am just not. So I do have a routine though. It just doesn't start at 5 a.m. But my morning routine is, of course, got to get, got to get the coffee, right? And I actually, here, you'll love this. Can you see it? Yes. I'm out of bed. That's, <laughs> that. and it's like cups the size of my head. So my morning routine is got to get that cup of coffee going. And then I do really love to sit and journal and just do some kind of, I usually read a, something out of a self-development book. So there's always some kind of study or book that I'm doing. Then I take that and I journal on what the hits kind of were from that. And then um, I'm a big, I'm a big prayer. So kind of praying over whatever mm-hmm. it is I just journaled and, and setting intentions and really thinking about what it, what is it that I want manifested for me in my life? So that's also very, very intentional. And then after that, I really love to get a, a handle on my day because I like things very organized. I will look at my to-do list and make sure, which I actually spend the night before. I would say that's part of my morning routine the night before. Okay. I was probably the last 15 to 30 minutes of my day, making sure I've got everything mapped out for the following day. So that's the last part of my morning routine. I just look at all of that, make sure, okay, this is the plan that I have. Where are my priorities? What am I going to do? That's powerful. All right. And what is one actionable tip our listeners can implement to improve their life and or business? Hmm. I would say, I was going to say two things. There's your life and there's your, there's your business, but really this is, this is probably one of the main pieces of information that I teach to my clients when it comes to sales training. And so bear with me here because it's going to sound a little businessy salesy, but it makes sense right at the end. And it's short. Most people go into a sales conversation with the goal to close. I got to get the close. I got to get the credit card. I got to enroll, right? That's, that's what most people go into. And I say, you just, you really don't want to do that. And people confuse a goal with an objective. So your objective is actually to have a rich, full conversation that will allow that person to get to their truth. Because when you get to the truth, you speak it. And when you speak your truth, you hear it. When you hear it, you feel it. And it is when you feel your truth, now you're owning it. And it is in that moment of ownership that any of us really decide to do anything. So you have to own your feelings, but you can't own it unless you feel it. You can't feel it unless you hear it. You can't hear it unless you speak it. So That is the objective in a sales conversation, because when you create a safe space for somebody to actually speak their truth and then hear it and then feel it and then own it, then things can really start to change. So if we go back to sales is always an inside job first, that would be my tip. You have to tell yourself the truth and you have to have ongoing conversations with yourself. No holds barred. It's it's just you, but you have to have those conversations. Not surprisingly, these are really the most challenging conversations to have. 
And I know several years ago, I started, I was just going through something and I sat down on the couch and I'm good for analyzing and intellectualizing. And sometimes it's, it's really kind of hard for me to own my feelings. I'm an emotional person, but to really tell myself the truth and then own those feelings, that can be hard because I can get in my head and just kind of explain and analyze everything away. And I was going through something and I went and I sat on my couch and I was starting to cry, but I kind of pulled myself together. And then I thought, why am I pulling myself together? Why, why can't I just sit here and cry? There's nobody here. And so I just let myself cry. And I started asking myself, why are you crying? Why are you sad? Well, I'm sad because, okay, why does that make you sad? Well, because, okay. And when that happened, what do you think was going on there? And I just kept asking myself questions and questions and questions, which is really what you do in a sales conversation. And what I found is at the end of 30 minutes, the thing that had made me cry wasn't the thing that was making me cry. It was all of this other stuff. But until I allowed myself to really get into that space and be honest about what I was feeling and what I was experiencing and why and, and just the depth of it, and it was okay. And I have been having very honest conversations with myself ever since. It's it's hard. I can't do it all the time because sometimes we just want to tell ourselves these little white lies so you can kind of get through the situation. I'll be okay. It's really not that important. I'm really not that upset. So I call that kind of Pollyanning our way, our way through life. So the piece of advice to answer your question directly, have conversations with yourself that they're going to be tough, but you have got to tell yourself the truth. And when you start owning your truth, I promise you, you are going to show up differently. And when you do that, everybody else around you is going to feel that. And you're, you're just creating a whole different dynamic with other people. But it's because of the relationship you've now created with yourself by telling yourself the truth. Oh, also powerful. That's so great. <laughs> I said it'd be a treat to have you here. Wow. Oh, well. How can folks get in touch with you if they're interested in doing your workshop or working with you otherwise? Yeah, absolutely. So the web, my website is showstoppingsales.com, just showstoppingsales.com. And if you want to email me, it's jane at showstoppingsales.com. You can find me on Facebook at Jane Gary, and my last name is spelled G-A-R-E-E. -E. I'm the only one there. Most of my, I do have a business page, but all the fun stuff really kind of happens over on the personal page. It's where I post the, the travels and all of that. So um, I'm also on Instagram, Jane Gary Show Stopping Sales, at Twitter, at Jane Gary. So there's, yeah, should, shouldn't be too hard to track me down. <laughs> That's great. That's great. And are you planning to do this workshop more than once? I am. Yes, I'm really excited about this. So this is, I've kind of narrowed the focus a little bit for 2022. I'm going to do more workshops. And then of course, there will be opportunities to go into a, a higher level small group experience. And then we're going to layer in just that fun stuff about life by design, which can happen when you know how to have a sales strategy and a sales conversation, because now you're generating some income. It'll give you some freedom there. So we're going to layer in travel. We're going to layer in design on the road and just creating, creating what you need to be healthy and happy. Oh, I like that. Okay. Well, I imagine I'm going to be part of that. So, <laughs> so much to look forward to. Wow. We got to get back out on the road together. We got those poppies that are, that are poppy season down in France. And then, yeah, I, know. I know we have a lot of travel coming up for yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, 
Well, thank you so much for being so sharing and um, just so open. This is very helpful. Just this alone is going to help so many people. So I appreciate that. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Mm -hmm. And to our listeners, I love you and thanks for showing up and I'll see you on the next episode. Hey, before you go, I hope that you loved this episode. I would love it if you could do me two quick favors. First, make sure to subscribe to Next Level Woman. That way, you will get notified when the new episodes are coming out. So definitely subscribe to follow us. The other thing that I would love for you to do is to join us in my Next Level Manifestation Facebook group. This is an awesome place off the podcast platform where you can ask questions. I do free trainings and share very helpful resources there too. You're going to love it. And it's a great place to also find other women who are going after big dreams and getting great results. Links are in the show notes or go to lisahart.com, L-I-E-S-A-H-A-R-T-E.com. L-I-E-S-A-H-A-R-T-E.com.